Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. As I share with you this morning the words of Jesus, I tell you this is that whenever, uh, whenever we are trying to get people to follow or to do something or to build a following, I guarantee you this, that if there was a a marketer that were to get the ear of Jesus, he would tell Jesus, you're doing it all wrong. This isn't the way to build a following. You want to get a good slogan. You want to get a non-threatening message out there. You want to get people happy. You want to get people excited about what you're doing. You don't go about it the way Jesus did. I want to share this with you this morning. If you stand to your feet with me, I tape my finger this morning to be like uh, curry, so when I point at you, my finger stays straight. I cut my finger while doing the dishes yesterday. Can't do the dishes no more, babe. I'm injured. (laughs) And so it's right in a point on my finger that whenever I bend my finger, it opens the cut back up. It went down pretty deep, and I'm a chicken. I don't want to go to the doctors, so uh, it was cut it early in the morning. It was still bleeding late last night. And so I thought, you know, I'm just going to wrap this sucker up and keep it from bending to keep it from opening. And so uh, that's why I'm taped up for the message this morning. And it works too. It just serves another purpose there. Luke chapter 9, starting verse 23. And I shared with you it a couple weeks back. If you haven't heard the messages, check them out on our podcast that Jesus when he shared John 3.16 in a private conversation with a man at night under the cover of darkness, that it was a private conversation. It wasn't something that he ever preached was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's what we've clung to because that's a promise. But I want you to know that Jesus taught something that was a little more, a little more offensive, if you would. It was a little more challenging, if you would. And in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, it says this. Then he said to them all, who did he tell this to? To who? So he says this to them all in public. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, everything in life starts with the desire. If you want to serve God, and I know everyone loves God. I know everyone starts out with a love for God. You have a desire for God. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Pray with me as we go into this message. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk to you this morning about the follow. Everyone say follow. You could call yourself a Christian, but to be a Christian, you can do different things under the label of a Christian. But you can't do just anything under the label of a follower. Because a follower of Christ is going to have some things that are going to be identifiable. It, the, saying the prayer is easy. It's the follow that will cost you something. And to be a follower of Jesus, it's going to cost you something. I want you to know that, and I want to make this very plain, salvation is free. 
Say it again, Pastor. Salvation is free. When I talk about the follow, that has nothing to do with you being saved. When you accept Christ, Christ did it all on the cross. The cross of Calvary, everything Jesus did on the cross, the stripes upon his back, the death on the cross, the resurrection, salvation is free. It's all by the grace of God. You cannot be good enough to earn salvation. In fact, the Bible says that our goodness, the best that we can do is as filthy rags before the Lord. And that word filthy rag in the Hebrew literally means the, a, a pad that a woman would use during a time of menstruating. That that's how our goodness is before God. That no matter how good we can attempt to be, we will never make ourselves good to God. You can't earn salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. It's, all the, it's all the grace of God. You're saved by the grace of God. And we receive that. And I, I thank God for that. And I never want to get to the point where I become judgmental over people, over salvation, and judge them based on certain things. I want to be able just to thank God for the fact that he saved me. Now, if you're in the church, I will judge you. That's my job. I'll take you to Scripture. Paul says we don't have no business judging the world. But those in the church, we have a responsibility to judge. So if you claim to be a Christian, you're part of the family, I have a responsibility to judge you, to, to point things out in your life. That's my responsibility. But out the people in the world, I have no business judging them. They have no idea who God is. Got a little quiet in here. Second service didn't get quiet till later. Her first service didn't get quiet till later. So I want you to understand that the prayer is easy. It's the, cost, it's the follow that costs you something. Salvation is free, period. But to become a follower of Jesus is going to cost you something. could cost you everything. It's cost some people to leave their families and friends and go overseas in order to share the love of God to a people that don't know or ever heard who God was. It's caused some to give up their businesses and, and to sell them and start nonprofits. It's caused some individuals to, to walk away from, from, from big paying jobs just to be able to give their hearts to God and, and to donate their time in, in, a, in a foreign country. For others, it, it's caused them to walk away from other things that were taking their attention. I want you to look at, at Luke chapter 9, verse 20, 23 again, as we kind of break this down. It says this, Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. We talked about the deny last week. I want you to notice what he tells us next. What's the next step? Take up. Everyone say take up. I want you to understand what this word in the Greek means when we talk about the taking up. Taking up, that's an action step required. When I receive Christ, Christ does it all. Come on, somebody. When I receive Christ, Jesus does it all. Now, after I receive Christ, if I want to become a follower of him, now I have an action step that I need to do. I need to take something on. And when I take, an, when I take up, Jesus is inviting them right now that you have a responsibility to take up. To take up means to raise. It means to elevate. It means to lift. It means to carry, to bear, or to move from, from one's place. In other words, this, that when I accept Christ, when I receive Christ, I am now making a commitment to picking up, to carrying the cause of Christ wherever I go. The problem is many of us sitting here today think that 
receiving Christ should only affect our Sundays, not our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, especially not Saturday night. <laughs> Marty, are you giving yourself up, girl? What did you do on Saturday night? We think that somehow God is only reserved to Sunday mornings between 11 and 12. Then after that, I go do whatever I want to do. But that's not what Jesus is inviting us to. Notice he's not commanding you to. He's saying, those that desire to come after me, those that desire... You have a desire. Something in you makes you want to go after him. See, not everyone's going to follow. Not everyone's going to deny themselves. It's too hard for them. They, they want just a comfortable, they just want a comfortable relationship with God. You see, I want just enough of God to forgive me, to try to squeeze me through the gates of heaven, but not enough to make me love my neighbor. Not enough to make me forgive someone that hurt me. Not enough to break an addiction, not enough to cause me to step out of my comfort zone and change. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you. We just want enough of God just to, just to touch us. That when I come in Sunday mornings, hear Troy sing, it causes just a little tear in the corner of my eye. Oh, God touched me today. Man, what is a great service. Oh, I tell you. I tell you, it just, God moved. My, I had a tear, and I almost let it go. It, just, it was just amazing. <laughs> But it also means to apply or to use. So when I receive Christ, the take up literally means I'm taking Christ and I'm applying Christ to every aspect of my life. For some of us, we think Jesus is a Sunday thing. But I need you to understand that when I accept Christ, it affects my dating life. It affects my financial life. It affects my business life. It affects my relational life. It has to affect everything. I don't understand a husband that comes to church and worships and acts like he has a relationship with God, then goes home and beats his wife. You're not following the Jesus I follow. Because there's a, there's a disconnect between who he is and what you're doing. You might be a Christian, but you're not a follower. How you can hate your neighbor and still call yourself a Christian. But you can't be a follower of Jesus and hate your brother. It's impossible. It's a taking up, applying. That means I apply Christ to every area I go. When I get done on Sunday mornings, I pick up my cross and I take it with me to school. I take it with me to work tomorrow morning. I take it into my marriage. I take it into my kids' room. I take it wherever I go. When I go out to eat, I'm still a Christian. When I'm driving down the highway, I'm still a follower of Christ. I need you to understand that Christ has to infiltrate every aspect of our lives. Yeah, this is about the part I lost the first service. <laughs> Come on, Pastor Dan, go back to the parts where you used to make us laugh. Come on, make, get, just let us know everything's okay. Tell me I'm an overcomer again. <laughs> Tell me I can do all things through Christ. You can, but you got to follow. You see, in other words, you got to bring Jesus with you wherever you go. 
And many of us are trying to follow without actually bringing Jesus with us. That's why there's so many d- d- different uh, spinoffs of different churches and ideas because everyone has their own idea of what it is to be a Christian, but there's only one follower. I don't care what label you have. Don't, it doesn't matter to me your label. Are you following Are we following right now? Are we following Jesus? You see, our confession invites Christ in. But listen to me. It's taking up that makes us followers. It's our ability to take up the cross that makes us followers. It's in the taking up. It's not just in the prayer. It's in the taking up. Mankind, I want you to understand, I talk about taking up. What am I talking about? The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis that when God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground and formed him and, and, and designed him, after that there was just a, just a mud pie, in the, just a dirt bag on the ground until God breathed breath into him and Adam came alive. We're dirt bags with air in us. Your wives are sitting there. No, I told you you were a dirt bag. (laughs) We are dirt bags with air that was breathed. It's the breath of God that brings us life. You were designed, you were fashioned, you were put together by the hands of God, designed by God to carry the breath of God, that you were put together to carry the breath of God, that you were designed to carry the breath of God. Oh, you got to grab this because you weren't designed to carry depression. You weren't designed to carry sickness. You weren't designed to to, to carry bitterness. God formed you and fashioned you to carry his presence. It's what you were created for. That's why when you're depressed, you know this, there's something wrong. This isn't, this isn't what I'm supposed to be. You know you were created for something more. You start feeling depression. You start feeling loneliness. You start feeling you feel helplessness. That's not what you were designed to carry. God designed you to carry his presence. That's why whatever you carry that's not the presence... Abuse is taking place in your life. Because remember the saying from Dr. Miles Monroe, whenever we don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. That's why, let me explain it this way. Some of you are looking at me funny. How many have uh, butter knives in your house that you've used as screwdrivers? Right? Yeah. You're too lazy to go find a screwdriver in the garage. Just take the butter knife. Butter knife will work. Yeah. Growing up in my house, every single butter knife had a bent front on it. <laughs> Try to cut or put butter on, on anything and just tear the bread in half because the thing was sideways when you tried to do it. Just all messed up. Whenever we take something that was designed for something else and use it for something else, it's abuse. That's why drug abuse Alcohol was created for a purpose. Drugs were created for a purpose. When you don't know the purpose of them, you abuse them. Some of you got married. You didn't know what the purpose of a wife was. That's why you're abusing her. Some of you are working so hard for money, but you don't know the purpose of money, so you're abusing it. You don't know the purpose of church, so you're abusing it. When we don't know the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. When you don't know what you were created for, when you don't know your purpose, your design, you will abuse yourself. 
And you will allow yourself to carry things that you were never designed to carry. Say it again, Pastor. You will carry things that you were never designed to carry. Notice the next thing he says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Let him take up his cross. Everyone say his cross. No, notice this. Or if you're, if, you're, if you're a man, say his cross. If you're a female, say her cross. Man, the ladies are strong, man, compared to you men. Men came with weak sauce this morning. Come on, all the men say his cross. All right, that's the way. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. His cross. Come, come on, guys. Come on, all the men say his cross again. That's what I'm talking about, ladies. Her cross. Her cross. There you go. They still beat us again. Every one of us has a cross. Now, I, I just I want to say something that's going to offend some of y'all, but we all have a cross to bear. He says his cross. In other words, there's a cross we all have. We all have something that we're carrying. All have something that we have that we're, we're responsible for. You're, you got married, you have a wife you're responsible for carrying. You got children, you have children you're responsible for carrying. You got a job, you have a job that you're responsible for carrying. And many of you are complaining about the things that you're carrying in life. You know what? Get over it. Grow a pair and start carrying what you're supposed to carry. time to stop complaining about what the burden I got to carry in life. There's some things we got to carry. Some things I got to carry. I can't carry what you're carrying. I'm not responsible for carrying you. But you do have to carry what you are responsible to carry. The great thing is, is that Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. God, I can't carry this anymore. Well, if you just follow him, and give it to him, that burden won't be so heavy no more. But you keep trying to do it on your own. You can't, you can't just carry the burden of Christ on Sunday and then try to, to, try to uh, pick it back up again on Monday. When I give it to him, he says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You exchange your burden for his. But you got to carry it. You're either going to carry your burden or you're going to carry the cross. But you're going to carry something. Like, I'm going to another church next week. <laughs> See, you got you to catch, catch this. Jesus is teaching to them all. Everyone say all. He's teaching them, and as he teaches them, he tells them this. He says, I want you, and everyone's, their, their ears are focused. These guys are connected to every word that Jesus is saying until he says this. I want you to pick up your cross and follow me. Is that what I think he said? Is he crazy? Did he just say cross? No, no, no. He meant burden. He meant burden. No, he meant, he meant your anointing. Carry your anointing. See, because if we wrote it, we would have wrote something. Pick up your anointing and follow me. Yeah, Jesus. I can't make a fist. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> we would have changed it, but they understood. You got to understand, they're living in a Roman society. 
And the Romans used the cross as an instrument of death to put on public display anyone that came against Rome. And every city, that every Roman providence that you were about to enter into the gates, you would see crosses lined up in that city as you were about to go in as a warning to anyone entering in the city that if you come against Rome, this is what's going to happen to you. Now, now, crucifixion was a very costly way to kill somebody. It would have been easier just to cut someone's head off, easier to give them poison, easier to throw them in a dungeon and just leave them there. But the Romans understood this. Crucifixion was all about humiliation. It was all about a warning to people that do not cross us, otherwise this will happen to you. That's the only time crucifixion was, it was expensive. It took a lot of resources and energy to do so. And yet Jesus tells them, out of all the words he uses, is take up your cross. Before he even went to the cross, pick up your cross. They knew exactly what Jesus was inviting them to do. Jesus was inviting his disciples not to come walk on water, not to heal the sick, not to raise the dead. His first invitation was come and die. That was a slogan. Come die. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> Come on. That's every one of you. That's not what I signed up for. I thought he's something, something about life and more abundantly. Something about head and not the tail. Lender and not a borrower. Above and not beneath. Where, where's all the blessings at? Someone talk about that. Yet this is what Jesus did. In fact, you know, in, in, in his book, Fan of, uh, Not a Fan Kyle Eidelman says this, you know the slogans that are out there. How many know this slogan? I'm loving it. Who's that? McDonald's, okay. How about have it your way? Burger King, okay. Just do it. All right. Um, the ultimate driving machine. BMW, okay. You, you know the slogans. How many of you are going to end up following a slogan when it says, come and die? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sign me up for that. So a marketer would get a hold of that. Did Jesus say, you want to you change it? You don't want to use that. You don't want to use that terminology. But I want you to understand that... Jesus is telling them, come and die. When he says, pick up your cross, that would be like me saying, everyone, pick up your electric chair and follow me. Pick up your lethal injection and follow me. Because that's what it was. The cross wasn't a, a something you wore on your neck. The cross wasn't something that hung in a church. The cross was a place where people died. And for Jesus to say, pick up your cross, he was literally inviting each and every one of his followers to die. Now that's not what you say when you're trying to create a following. But the disciples understood what Jesus was saying, and yet, you know, th this blows me away, yet they followed. Peter was willing to go to a cross upside down and die. Andrew was willing to be crucified on an X-shaped cross. Bartholomew was allowed to be peeled alive, and just, just if he would just de deny Christ, yet he was willing to go through that punishment. Why? Because these guys made a choice to follow. 
Who gives their life like that? Who, who goes to that measure? And some of you are sitting here, well, Pastor Dan, that's not what I signed up for. Listen to what Galatians chapter 2, verse, verse 20 says. I'm not saying that you're going to have to be beheaded or, or be, be crucified on a cross physically in your lifetime or in this lifetime. But if you would, would you? Could you? Could you give your life for what Jesus gave for you? Yet, I'm not asking you to die today. Some of us are having a hard enough time living for Christ than dying for Christ. I'm not even asking you to die. I'm just asking, can you live for Jesus? Can you follow Jesus? Can you live for him? Not die on a cross, not be beheaded by ISIS, but could you just live a day, one day at a time, for a God that gave his all for you? Could we just live for him? Galatians 2.20 says this, John, if you would help me, I'm almost done here. Indeed, I have been crucified with Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. My ego is no longer central. When Jesus says, come and die, I believe he was telling his disciples that some of you are going to die, but I believe also like he's telling Paul here that what it is is some of our egos need to die. Some of our egos need to be crucified. It's not all about you. He says this, it is no longer important that I appear righteous before you or have your good opinion. And I am no longer driven to impress God. Christ lives in me. The life you see me live is not mine, but it's lived by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am not going back on that. He, Paul made a commitment. I'm, I'm all in, man. I'm giving everything I have to this thing. The problem is we all want to follow until it costs us something. Come on. We love free things. Even if you don't need it. You'll stand in line for something that's free just because it's free. Just, just take a look at Costco. Could have just had lunch and you're still in line for that waiting, waiting 30 minutes for a little, little piece of a half a hot dog just because it's free. You'll walk round in circles in that area. Just keep on looking to see if the microwave is done. Are they done there? You'll just keep coming back, won't you? Why? Not because you can't afford that little piece of hot dog. It's because it's free. Too many of us are trading our future for comfort right now. And we're looking at dying for Christ. I just talked about, I wonder if we could just live for him. Look at Matthew 16, 25. It says this, then Jesus went to work on his disciples. I love the way the message Bible puts this. Jesus went to work on them. He says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. That, that's totally outside of our American concept. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? See, as I close this morning, it's in dying that we truly find out who we are.
I, I can't explain how it happened, Scott, but somehow the moment I crucify myself, and as I begin to die, all of a sudden, Christ starts coming alive in me. And the more I die, the more Christ shows up. And so whenever I find myself on the verge of letting Dan come out, all of a sudden Christ shows up. In an argument, instead of Dan showing up, Christ shows up. In the midst of a crisis, instead of Dan showing up, Christ shows up. But if I keep on staying alive instead of dying, there's less of Christ and there's more of me. That the key to true life, oh, come on, somebody. The key to true life is in the dying. Because I've been crucified with Christ, but nevertheless, it's not that I live, it's Christ that lives in me. So the deader I am, the liver Christ is. I can't explain how it happens. But when I die to myself, all of a sudden, Christ comes alive in me, in you, in your family. I want to encourage you this morning. He says that you would pick up your cross daily. Everyone say daily. It's not a one-time event, folks. If I were to ask some of you, when, when did you meet God? Oh, I was 12 years old. I was 8 years old. But dying to yourself isn't a one-time event. It's a daily thing. It isn't a prayer said. It's a commitment kept. It means that each and every day throughout the day, I'm making a choice to die to myself. When I walk out of here and someone cuts in front of me, when I'm about to drive out of the parking lot and someone cuts me off, when I'm on the freeway and someone cuts me off again, when I'm standing in line and someone ends up taking my place there at the, at the restaurant, instead of me showing up, Christ shows up. Can you be a follower on Sunday afternoon? Not just on Sunday morning? See, because being a follower of Christ is an active, present, willful choice. Something I choose to do daily. Let, let me explain it to you this way as we close, okay? Dying to yourself isn't a one-time thing. It's a moment-to-moment -moment thing, okay? 27 years ago, this ring here, I married this woman in the front row. 27 years ago. This year will be 28. But I want you to understand that it wasn't a one-time I do. Every day is an I do. Every day, every moment, I have to make a choice. I'm not just married to her on Sundays. Some of you are dating God. You're engaged to God, but you've never made a commitment to God. You love to make out with him on Sunday mornings, but you're out doing your own thing. Yeah, yeah. Figure you get that one. <laughs> Roll around in the back seat a little bit, hang out with God on Sunday mornings, but then we're back to doing our own thing on Sunday night, Monday. I made a commitment. Marriage isn't, hey, babe, can I, hey, I'll, I'll give you six days out of the week. But that seventh day, you know, Juanita, her and I, you know, we had a little something going on. And... What lady's going to say, you're, she's already sitting there shaking her head, No. There's not a woman that's going to say, oh, okay, babe, that's fine. Because you have more respect for yourself than the respect we give to God.
God wants all of you. Somebody say all. All of you. Why? Because he died for all of you. But it's not in the give what you give up. It's what you get. I trade in my life for his resurrection. I trade in my life for life more abundantly. I trade in my life of struggle for his burden that's light. I trade in my struggle and my battles for his peace. I trade my sickness for his health. I trade my blindness for his sight. I trade my lameness for the ability to walk. Because when I give my life up, I find my life for real. If you're struggling today, stop trying to breathe on your own and find the breath of God breathe through you again. Get your breath back. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.